0: Hello and welcome to Recovery Survey, the podcast where we survey recovering addicts with different backgrounds, different lengths of clean time and ask them questions about different recovery topics. Our guest today is William C from Lake Charles, Louisiana. I've had the pleasure of getting to know William over the last few months. We've been attending the same online meeting at noon and I really like what he has to share, so I invited him on the show. Welcome to the show, William. One of the first suggestions I ever got from my sponsor was get a basic text and a dictionary and use them both, which is a piece of advice I didn't take my first time before I relapsed. But after I relapsed, I found out how important it was because my understanding of things was uh, very skewed by my personal perception. When I look up open-mindedness in the dictionary, it gives me willing to consider opposing points of view. So that tells me that uh when I'm thinking about open-mindedness, I got to first be aware that I, it's going to be something I don't like and I may not necessarily understand. You know, that's why it's willing to consider opposing points of view. To me it doesn't say I I have to apply them, but I have to be willing to think about it and try to figure out how it might work for me. And there's actually a spot in the literature that almost has the definition almost word for word i think it's in uh oh there it is it's in chapter nine Uh, they got a whole paragraph that really speaks to it for me and what it says is what we knew about living before we came to na almost killed us managing our own lives got us to the narcotics anonymous program We came to N.A. knowing very little about how to be happy and how to enjoy life. A new idea cannot be grafted onto a closed mind. Being open-minded allows us to hear something that might save our lives. It allows us to listen to opposing points of view and come to conclusions of our own. Open-mindedness leads us to the very insights that have eluded us during our lives. It is this principle that allows us to participate in a discussion without jumping to conclusions Or predetermining right and wrong we no longer need to make fools of ourselves by standing up for non-existent virtues we have learned that it is okay to not know all the answers for then we are teachable and can learn to live our new life successfully and two very important points in there actually that tells me it allows us to listen to opposing points of view and come to conclusions of our own so it gives me the freedom to think about it for myself I get to hear an idea that I don't necessarily agree with and decide for myself whether it's right or wrong, whether it's an idea that that I grew up with from my parents or one that my parents were against when I grew up. I get to go go home and think about it for myself. It is this principle that allows us to participate in a discussion without jumping to conclusions or predetermining right and wrong. It takes me out of the idea of either good or bad with no real in between. And for me that's very important cuz I always I spent most of my life something's either entirely good or it's entirely bad. And that's the way I lived. I condemned myself cuz everything I was doing I knew was entirely bad. And everything everybody else I saw doing was entirely good. It had me stuck in a very close close-minded manner. I'm fucking horrible. The world hates me. And I don't need to be here. But after reading that and being in this program for a little while, I got to understand that I'm just human. And I never allowed myself to be just human. I had this perfectionist idea that if I didn't do everything absolutely right, then I was completely wrong. And a lot of my interpretations of what religion talks about and what the way my parents spoke and the way my family was... And the adults and everything I grew up with, from my perspective, they just strengthen that idea that if I'm not good, I'm bad. I got myself stuck in this closed-minded idea that, you know, I'm just a piece of shit. But today, I'm not stuck in there. This is kind of not Narcotics Anonymous related, but it's a good example that I use. I never felt comfortable in churches at all. I still don't. That always upset me and it hurt me until after I relapsed, I tried going to a couple churches and just sat in there and listened and tried to re what was going on. I put aside all my old ideas from it and I wanted to see if I was actually comfortable there or was it just the thoughts in my head that were telling me I wasn't comfortable. So I tried it and I still, it's just something inside of me did not feel comfortable sitting in a closed space talking about God. Whether or not they're right or wrong, I can't say. Like the literature says, I can listen to opposing points of view without predetermining right and wrong. I can participate in conversations without it. I can't say whether it's right or wrong for anybody else. All I can say is that me personally, I'm not comfortable in it. Now, me giving myself that freedom to be comfortable tells me that everyone else needs that. So if someone is comfortable that way and they're uncomfortable any other way, I have to allow them to have that. I got to have that open mindedness for them to walk through their own way, even though I don't like it and I don't agree with it. Even at this point, I've tried considering it. I've tried going and doing what they do, and it just doesn't work that way for me. And that's really where the importance of open mindedness comes in for me. If I sit here and I want my own way to live, if I want recovery to work for me and make me the person I want to be, I have to also allow it to do the same thing for everybody else. And that was a hard concept because as an addict, my head tells me you do it my way or you don't fucking do it at all and that's that closed-minded that I think the literature talks about. I'm so stuck in this fucking one way of thinking, this one way of doing anything that I can't even consider somebody else's idea. I just don't want to see how it's right because that perfectionist comes back out in me and tells me that well, I'm not doing it their way and they got to be right, so I'm fucking wrong. It's this battle I still I still deal with daily, you know? There's still times where I'm sitting there And I'm wondering, am I really right in my life? Am I doing good in my life? But that's when I got to go back to the literature. What does the literature tell me? Literature tells me I'm doing the best I can. The literature tells me I am going to be different. It tells me that multiple times. It says there is no model for the recovering addict. All of us vary in rates of recovery and degree of sickness. So that tells me that I'm not going to be exactly parallel with anybody. It's going to be my own accord. And that's where open-mindedness comes in and is so fucking important for me. Because if I'm so stuck in my ideas and imposing them upon other people, I'm now closing them off from their own recovery. I'm stopping them from growing in their own way. Because I'm stuck on this one idea that I will not deviate from, that I won't allow myself to change. And I'm in my little box again. Just like I was in my act of addiction. I'm in my little box. And don't change my box because it's my box i don't want to get out of it i got this comfortable place i'm in again this so-called safe place when in reality it's not a safe place it's a construct of my own mind you know it's what my perspectives have shown me and i'm still working off of every decision i've ever made everything that's ever happened in my life and most of it was an active addiction so I have to go back to the idea, everything, what it said in there, everything we knew about living before we came to Narcotics Anonymous almost killed me. That's what I've always done. What I've always done almost killed me. And I mean literally, not just with the drugs, before I got clean the first time, my last day, I spent fighting myself of wanting to put a bullet in my head. And the only reason I didn't do that is because my roommate at the time brought his gun to work with him. If he wouldn't have brought his gun to work with him, I think I would have put a bullet in my own head. But I didn't. I ended up breaking down to my mother. And for the first time in my life, went with what somebody else thought I should do. I stopped relying on myself. I stopped relying on my own thinking. And in that moment, now I realized that I was actually practicing a little bit of open-mindedness. I wasn't working on my thought process. I wasn't in my little box at this point. I came out the box and I said, somebody help me with this shit. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't understand what's going on. I can't take it anymore and I can't live like this. That was the first time I got clean. I got up to three years and seven months and I relapsed. And I tried to play it off of the idea that it was the feelings I was going through and the situation that I was in is why I relapsed. When I got back, I read uh, chapter seven, Covery and Relapse. And in there it says, Relapse is never an accident. We we're given a choice. Relapse is a sign that we have a reservation in our program. When I read that first part, relapse is never an accident. We are given a choice. I had to be open-minded to the idea that I made a fucking decision to get high. I was still trying to blame the situation. I was still trying to blame feelings. I was still trying to blame all these outside fucking things when in reality, it was a decision I made in my head, because, like I said,' I'm given a choice. Now, if I wouldn't have been willing to consider that idea, that maybe in reality it's my own fault, I relapse. Maybe in reality, William, you made the decision to do what you did. I wouldn't have been able to realize it. I wouldn't have realized that that was a decision I made. Because I took an idea that I didn't want to fucking agree with, that I didn't fucking like. I sat and I thought about it without saying it's right or wrong. Without saying, you know, no, this is the way I see it. Fuck you. I thought about it. Relapse is never an accident. We're given a choice. If I can't sit there and think about my ideas, but reconsider my old ideas and find out if changing them, what will happen, or just try to see them for the reality they are, just my opinion or my perspective, then I'm going to have a hard time in recovery. I'm going to have a hard time being honest. I'm going to have a hard time working the steps. I'm going to have a hard time talking to my sponsor. I'm going to have a hard time talking to my friends. I'm going to have a hard time doing anything because if I'm so stuck in my own way of thinking, in my own process, I'm still in that little box that closed-mindedness puts me in because that's what it does for me. It gets me stuck. And being stuck is where I was when I got clean. And really, when I think about it, in my active addiction, I was forced to be closed-minded by my disease. And I saw it in my relapse. As an active addiction, I'm a very violent person. And I'd never liked that about myself. In the 21 years of active addiction, before I got clean, and I didn't like it when I relapsed. Right after the drugs kicked in, that violent asshole came back immediately. And that scared me. Because I knew I didn't like it. I knew it wasn't what I wanted. I was stuck in the addiction again. My disease had that fucking hold on me again. There was nothing I could do. I couldn't change it. I couldn't stop it. And it had me just in that fucking hole again. And the only way I've found to get out of that fucking hole is being open to people. Not just open-mindedness, but I got to be open with how I feel. I got to be open with talking to my sponsor, with talking to my friends. Because that's the hardest part for me in my entire life is actually being open about what I feel what I understand and what my beliefs are. I was scared shitless when I first came to Narcotics Anonymous about being open about my personal belief systems. I was one of the ones that put on the fucking mask and just, yeah, I believe this way like most everybody else does. But again, when I went home at night, the shit hurt. Because I wasn't being honest with myself. And I wasn't being willing to let my belief systems out. You know, I think that's part of the reason why the three indispensable principles are honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. They put them in that order for a reason because first I have to know what I believe, know what I've been through, know what I think, and then i got to be able to look at everybody else's ideas on it that are different from mine, that are different from what I've done, that are different from what I've thought, and then willing to try it. Because if I'm not honest about it in the first place, I'm not going to know what my thought process is, I'm not going to know how it differs. I'm still just using other people's ideas, using other people's perspective to make me feel better about me. If I'm not open-minded enough to consider these up uh, these opposing ideas, these opposing thought processes, I'm not going to be able to change anything. I'm not going to have the tools necessary to change the way I would like to. I'm not going to have the ability to know what actions are different from my personal actions to what someone else has just told me to do that i think will make me feel better when the willingness comes in just get out and try the ideas like i used with the idea about going to church if i would have never tried i'd have never knew even though i still was uncomfortable if i wouldn't have tried it i wouldn't have known i was uncomfortable for me open-mindedness comes before the action Before I do something different. It's the space between I don't like it and okay, I'm trying it. It's that middle ground. And that's why it's so important. That's where I get in touch with myself, my higher power, and reality. That's where they can all connect for me is in the open-mindedness part. You know, because as I said, when I started talking, open-mindedness is willing to consider opposing points of view. Willing. When I'm in the open-minded part, I've already started on the willingness. I haven't put the willingness fully into action, but I've started in that direction. My opinion is I hear a lot of people share on open-mindedness, but most of the time they're talking about willingness. And yes, willingness is very, very important, but it's that space in between that almost gets stepped over. You know, I hear open-minded. Well, I did. I worked the steps like my sponsor told me. I went to meetings like my sponsor told me. So I'm open-minded. That's not open-minded to me. That's willing. Yeah, you did it. You were willing to do it. That's willingness. The open-minded is that part where you sat and thought about it, where you considered it. I should say where I considered it. If I wouldn't have been open-minded, I would have never started going to meetings. If I wouldn't have been open-minded, I'd have never thought about going to a sober living house. I'd have never thought about going to rehab. I'd have never thought about changing my fucking life if I didn't have a little bit of open-mindedness. First time I got clean, I was a meeting maker. Every fucking day, two, three meetings a day. And my sponsor finally said, you know, it says people who come to our meetings regularly stay clean. It just says regularly. It doesn't say every day it doesn't say two or three a day It just says go to meetings regularly when are you going to sit down and take time for yourself when are you going to sit down and take time to actually live the life that you have today and i didn't want to hear it oh no i gotta go to meetings i need my meetings i need to run off to my meetings so i don't feel like i'm missing something so i don't feel like i'm missing out what's weird was in the process of rejecting his idea i actually told myself what the reality was i'm running to meetings like i ran to dope i need something to make me feel better something to make me feel like i have purpose and the meetings were doing that i was it showed me that i was using something outside of myself to fix the inside and that's never going to work i'm still running off an old thought process so it showed me something well hey you need to sit and think about this William. You just realized that you're running to meetings so you don't feel bad about yourself. Weren't you running to dope so you didn't feel bad about yourself? Didn't that eventually quit working? Now, that doesn't mean stop meetings completely, no. It just means pay attention to what the literature says. Go to meetings regularly. Have times when you go to meetings, period. Which is why people see me at a noon meeting most every day. It's only on the weekends that I might miss a noon meeting. But every day during the week, I go to a meeting. Because that's my routine. That's my regular. You know, my lunchtime, it's meeting time. And I love it and I enjoy it. That's why I was so quick to find one on the Zoom to go to. Because when my home group shut down, I went one day without a noon meeting at work and I didn't know what to do. I was lost. I was scared, and I didn't really want to do the Zoom thing, but it was all I had. It's the only thing I could reach out to and talk to other addicts and hear the perspective of other addicts, and now that I've been doing it for a little over a month, I'm grateful for the Zoom meetings. See, it was an idea I didn't like. I didn't want, I didn't want my routine to change. I was scared. I was, wanted to be in my little comfort zone again. But as I gave it a chance, I thought about it first. Either I get no meeting or I do a Zoom meeting. How can this work? Well, if I don't go to a meeting, then I don't get in touch with addicts. I don't hear any other people's perspective. I don't get those new ideas. Or I can get on this online thing, get in touch with other addicts, hear other people's ideas and perspectives there's that open-mindedness right there where I considered the Zoom meetings and then I started doing Now, since I've started doing them, I'm grateful for it because I've I've heard people from all over the world. Now, if I wouldn't have had the open-mindedness to think about going to a Zoom meeting and start doing them, I wouldn't hear these perspectives. I wouldn't hear these people that I'll probably never see in my life personally. I wouldn't hear how their recovery is affected them i wouldn't hear how the program is helping them i wouldn't have been able to practice the willingness that comes after the open-mindedness to show up to hear them that's why open-mindedness it's almost a double-edged sword for me it's so fucking hard for me to practice but when i practice it it helps me so much it's because i still get stuck in that the attic way of thinking i'm right you're wrong and fuck off you know, But it wasn't until I actually sat down and looked up what it meant and read through the literature to find where the literature talks about it that I got an actual idea on what open-mindedness is. Even the aspect of when I'm listening to people talk about open-mindedness and I call it willingness that they're talking about. Is it really willingness or is it just the way they understand open-mindedness? Do they see that as part of open-mindedness? Or am I just being self-righteous again because I know what the definition is? I've read what the literature says and I have my perspective on it and now I'm still trying to shove it on them. Where's the open-mindedness in that? I'm becoming self-righteous in my ideas and my perspective. So I need to read what it says that I'm arguing without predetermining right or wrong, without jumping to conclusions. That's what I love about this program. Even in the process of me acting out on a character defect, I know I have, but I can still learn something from it. I can still see how it's affecting me and changing me. Or trying to change me into what I used to be. But I, do I have the awareness? Do I have the capacity to stop, like it says, and think? Consider something else. Look at it. That's why open-mindedness is so important to me. Will I be willing to sit down and think about it? Will I be willing to take an idea that I don't like, I don't fucking understand, I don't want to do, and fucking think about it? If I look at early stages of my recovery, I have open-mindedness because I stopped using dope. I didn't want to. I stopped hanging out with the old friends and people I used to hang out with. I didn't want to. I stopped treating myself so badly. Didn't really want to because it was comfortable. Because I've done that, that shows that I considered those ideas before I did them. That shows I sat down and thought about it before I did it. And there's something inside of me that said, you need to change this. You need to quit that right or wrong mentality. You just need to try it. That conclusion you made up in your own head probably isn't going to be the conclusion you expect. That idea of, oh, well, I already know how it's going to work out because, well, how do I know it's going to work out that way if I've never done it? That idea of opposing points of view is so important for me. It's not just a different point of view. It's an opposing. means the opposite. It's almost like right and wrong when it comes to it. But it's not. It's just the exact opposite perspective. The exact opposite way of looking at it. Like I said, it's it's something I still struggle with. But I'm better at it than I used to be. I no longer see myself as being just this horrible fucking person I used to be. I'm human. I'm gonna make mistakes. But if I can learn from those failings and try something different next time, then I got a chance. Even if it's still wrong, even if it still doesn't work out the right way, I'm using right and wrong. again. even if it still doesn't work out in a better manner, at least I'm trying something else. And before I try that something else, I have to consider that something else and find out how it might work. There's the open-mindedness for me. Again, in that little space, this little misstep, what I misstep from honesty to willingness. That's why that's in the mi- open-mindedness is in the middle for me. That honesty is admitting. Open-mindedness is almost a step two, considering that, you know, I'm wrong. My way of doing things hasn't worked. And then the willingness is going, okay, maybe maybe this other thing will work. I said before I relapsed, I had three years and uh, seven months. Today, I got one year, six months, and 25 days. But my recovery is so much different this time around. I'm over twice as far in the steps as I was the first time around. I call my sponsor most every day. There's some days I've missed, but I call my sponsor most every day. And I sit and talk with him longer because before I was scared to, it was just a, a formality my first time before I relapsed. It was just, oh, I got to call my sponsor because I got to call my sponsor. Now it's, I get to call my sponsor. I get to talk to him. I get to let him know I have good days. I have bad days. The weird shit that runs through my head when I'm sitting in a meeting and I feel like somebody is, I feel like somebody is sharing wrong and going against what the literature says. I stop before I get that self-righteous attitude and say, well, he's just fucking wrong and fuck him and don't fucking listen to him. And I go talk to my sponsor and say, hey, man, I heard this in a meeting. This is what ran through my head. Am I right or am I wrong? Or is it just self-righteousness again? What's going on here? Because I don't know. I can't really pinpoint it. And nine times out of ten, he'll tell me, no, this is what the literature says. So. You know, you're hearing right. Your thinking process is in the right direction. Maybe your approach is wrong. Because like I said, before I got clean, I was a very violent person. That impulse is part of my disease. That want to hurt somebody is part of my disease. Because what I found out in reality is when I want to hurt somebody, I'm in pain. Because here comes that perfectionist idea I talked about earlier again. If you're not absolutely right, you're absolutely wrong. And when I'm wrong, it hurts. When I'm failing, it hurts. Now, the literature also talks about that. A few of us thought problems brought gifts. That gift in that problem is a lesson. Is an opportunity to practice principles. An opportunity to change my behavior. That's so vital to this program. Uh, Indispensable. Cannot be done without. I'm grateful that I give myself the opportunity to learn that because if I wouldn't have sat down and done what my sponsor said, got a basic text and a dictionary and used them, I'd have never looked up that word. And I would never found that little paragraph I read and understood it the way I do right now. I got a couple of my home group members that I really don't like hearing share. I don't want to hear them. It just irks my nerves when I hear them. But at the same time, in that irking of my nerves, I get to practice patience, tolerance, open-mindedness, because both of these people have a couple of decades clean. Whether I agree with them or not shows that there's something they're doing that works for them. Shows that they've stuck it out enough through all their own personal problems, the same pain that I'm going through, the same shit that I've lived with, and they've gotten past it. So what about their perspective on it irks me so fucking bad? goes back to that idea, I think I'm wrong. And open-mindedness tells me we don't predetermine right or wrong. Whether I'm right and they're wrong, whether they're, they're right and I'm wrong doesn't belong in this equation. It's can their ideas work for me? Am I willing to think about it? Am I willing to try it? there's a, a spiritual speaker that I've listened to and he he really talks about that in depth he calls it a dualistic mindset and he says good or bad but it's the same idea there's no middle ground and the example he uses he says when we're little we think of someone who is short and we automatically go the opposite of that is tall right so he got short and tall but in reality, there's people in between whatever height you have predetermined that in your own perspective. So we just put two limits on it and everybody falls in one or the other. No, it's not that way in reality. There's all this middle ground. And for me, that's where open-mindedness is, that middle ground. That's about all I got on open-mindedness, man. Thank you for sharing your understanding of open-mindedness with us, William. You've definitely given us a lot to think about. Thanks again for listening to Recovery Survey. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider leaving us a rating or a review. And please be sure to tell your friends about us. If you'd like to get in contact with us, we have a brand new website. It's recoverysurvey.com. Until next time, I've been your host, Brett. Thanks for listening.